Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We're your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I am Jen Romolini. And amazingly, we're both in a pretty good mood today. I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you attribute your good mood to? Well, um, I do, you know, I know that we're the podcast that's about the weather sometimes, but it we've had a couple of very cold days here. Okay. And today it's less cold. It's in the mid 40s and it's just gloriously beautiful. So that is nice to feel like I can go outside and it won't hurt. That is very nice. And I don't know. I'm just, I, who knows why? Who knows? Who knows? How about you? I don't know. Maybe the hormones are balanced correctly for one like shining moment. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I don't know why I'm good. This is not why I'm good. I don't want people to attribute this to why I'm good. I mean, I'm good for a couple of, of reasons, but, but one thing that happened yesterday was I went in for my uh, twice annual Botox, my, my cheapy $600, just, just, just make it a little bit frozen, make it stop for a second. Okay. And, um, first off the guy was like, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, so listen, no, I gave him my, my, the spiel. I give all of them, no weirdness, no froze face, no droopy eyelids, you know, air on the side of caution. I just want a little bit here, 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 you know, whatever mm-hmm. I said, you know, but I'm turning 50 and my face is changing and whatever. And he goes, really? You're turning 50? I thought you were my age. And his face was so frozen that I had no idea how old he was. And I was like, I was like, how old is that? And he was like 36. And I was like, (laughs) it like delighted me, even though it was probably a lie. But the thing is, what he said to me was, so what would you like? Do you want just a softening or would you like the job complete? Wow. Would you like the job complete? Would you like the job complete? And I was like, I need you to explain further. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Is there a secret entrance? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. 
I mean, I think that there's like with with Botox, which by the way, I fucking love. I know, I know people feel all kinds of controversy around it. I think there's a thing with Botox now where they can just make it so subtle. They just like soften the lines a little bit. You full you have almost full movement, or they can freeze. They mm-hmm. can freeze it in time. And I was like, I I don't I don't want that. But um he also really I talked to him about my face as I always do and never get anything done. But he was just like, he was explaining to me all these new lasers, like these really like amazing, like radio frequency and laser combinations that like Mm -hmm. tighten up, just really tighten up your skin and um, build collagen. He was like, he was explaining to me that there's something that's this Morpheus 8, which I keep talking about because it sounds like a Marvel villain. And also, and also this other like radio frequency tightening. And he was like going along my jaw and he was like, that will lift and tighten anything. Wow. And I was like, okay, maybe next time. Yeah. I, I, I haven't had any injections in, in, in several years and I, I really feel the need. I mean, as discussed, you're just not, you're not a wrinkle face. It's weird. Like that's just not how you're aging. You're just not very lined. You've never been lined. It's true. And yet I think I look like I'm in my fifties. But that's just like a maturity thing, I think, of face, because faces are shadows, right? So it's either like, I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you necessarily look like you're in your fifties or or don't. I don't actually think I can judge that because you'll always be the same age to me. Um, but I, the way it's been explained to me that is faces and aging is shadow. So if something is if something is falling a different way than it used to. It doesn't matter if it's wrinkled or not. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's all it's mm-hmm. all shadows, right? And wrinkles right. create shadows and whatever. But I don't know. There was something like like there was something nice in someone being like, "Your fate. You don't need that much work." And I was like, "Really?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that is nice because doctors, you know, doctors go. I am always amazed. The few times I have gone, not so few, but the times I've gotten injections, I've always been amazed at what the doctor's faces look like because yes. they are like you just said frozen. Yes. And there must be some marketing to it that must be what most people want to see, but I always find it slightly alarming. Oh. I I mean 100% alarming. Like no thank you at all. I I just like a little bit like when I'm starting to see the wrinkles get pretty hard, I'm just like I just want I do. I want I want a softening. That's what I want. I want a softening in basically my whole life. <laughs> Yes. I don't want the job complete. Just soften it up a little bit. Just soften the whole fucking thing. Exactly. 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 Oh my God. That is hilarious. What else is happening with you? Well, I was thinking about something you said the other day. All right. About how you don't think celebrities are faithful to each other. I feel like nobody who has money is faithful. I think that there might be some truth to that. Oh, what? Tell me why. <laughs> Not based on anything except observation and reading of Demois. Mm-hmm. You know, there seem to be a lot of open marriages in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which I guess doesn't count as unfaithfulness. But I guess it means, I, I guess that like what I believe is that like the more successful and richer and famous you are, the less likely you are to have one partner. I think monogamy is for the pores. <laughs> I mean, I do not think there is. I think the first thing, and I don't think this is what women do necessarily, and I don't want to be gendered, but I do think that the first thing that that cis, heterosexual, 
men do when they have money is buy sex. I think it is the first fuck. I think it is. I think maybe they buy sex as they're like, I can buy sex. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. This eliminates so many problems for me. Well, you know what the, I mean, he's horrible, but this was a great line. Charlie Sheen said, he's like, I don't hire prostitutes so that they'll like come. I hire them so that they'll go away. Yes, that's, it's a disgusting and exactly, I think the truest, one of the truest things that one of these dudes has ever said. I mean, I think they, I just think they all hire, I think as soon as they are financially capable and like, that means like a level of financial security that, that most people will never attain. Right. But I think that it's, I think that it is, you know, once you like have the amount of houses you want, like what else do dudes want? They don't really care about nice clothes. They want to get laid. They want to get blowjobs. I think that I don't know how much they're paying for sex, even though I think they're paying for sex. I think a lot of them have like mistresses. Well, that's a way of paying for sex. Yes, it is. But like a less, you know, but but the same thing in the Mm -hmm. end. So that was the thing I was thinking about that I think you were right about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for acknowledging me. I'm not sure. It's still still a theory I'm working out. (laughs) I know. What about you? What else? What else for me? Well, I have been thinking a lot about, so I'm in the part of my book. I'm still fucking revising this book. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm still. Oh, come on. It hasn't been that long. It feels Be so easy long. Yourself. Oh, it feels so long, but also it just feels like it's a memoir and it feels just torment to be up my own ass mm. like this. It's just how much longer must I live in my own ass like this? Um, <laughs> I am I am at the point of my book, which is right before you met me, which is when I was in New York and I was a drunk with a chip on my shoulder, hanging out with people a lot fancier than I was, feeling like a trashy, stupid person. And I was a shit starter and I was belligerent and I was a problem. And the thing is about our stories, we want to make ourselves the heroes or at least we want to be the victims. And it's really hard when you're the villain. It's really fucking hard. And I'm trying to be honest. But if you own that and you acknowledge it and you show that you've made some kinds of amends for it, it, there's nothing more powerful than that. There's nothing more powerful than acknowledging that you were the villain and that you, like I wrote an essay about my house Yes, that I lived in when I was married. And it was about the beauty of the house and how grand it was and how, you know, broken the marriage was. Yes. And it's a lot about, you know, the beginning is a lot about me hiring a decorator and, you know, getting all this fancy furniture. And the comments on that piece on Medium are so mean. (sighs) And I thought like, I don't know, I thought I was pretty hard on myself in that piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought I was like, you know, I was the one who rushed into marriage. I was the one who wanted to build this perfect house. And that that didn't land with with a number of people. But it's hard, you know. It's hard to paint yourself as a villain. Well, first off, let me just let me just say for a second, that house was weird and fucked up. I was in that, that house. house. Was. That house should have been a perfect. I write about that house in my own book. That house should have been a perfect fucking house. It was so beautiful and it felt so weird in there. <laughs> it had the weirdest vibes. It had, it the, had the weirdest, weirdest vibes. vibes. And when we moved in, the next door neighbor said, Oh, I sure hope you stay a while. Nobody ever seems to. Oh. <laughs> 
you put that in the essay? I didn't put that in the essay. I really should have. You should have put it. was like a haunted fucking house in there. It was, it was so haunted. beautiful. It was immaculately designed. There was not an, an, a, not a corner that was not Instagrammable. It was pre-Instagram, but like, I mean, truly. It was nice, but those rooms... Like decorated rooms. I mean, it was super cool because it's like, wow, this is my taste, but so much better. You get yes. to hire somebody to do this. What a fun trick. Yes, yes. They never felt like my rooms. There wasn't a space in that house that felt like home to me. And as much as I wish I had figured out a way to hang on to that house just as an investment, like mm-hmm. I know I would have hated having, it was a real albatross. I could not wait to leave that house. Yeah, no. And that, Well, I mean, look, that's like outsourcing your life like that seems like it's going to be so great. Like, oh, this is my taste. Someone else make it for me. But really Mm -hmm. sort of one of the pleasures of being alive is like creating your own space in a way that feels organic, no matter how long it takes, you know? And if that's a little messy or whatever, it's who you are. It's a reflection of yourself, you know, not someone else's idea of who you should be. Right. Right. You know, like it was a little advanced for me. I wasn't kidding anyone. No, it was a little advanced for you. <laughs> it was like the, 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 the custom drapery, the custom shit, all the custom shit you can get done. This was not me. It was very done. And it was just like every wall was, everything was painted and wallpapered. But, but it was, just like- I know, I know there was some very successful deployment of wallpaper in that house, but that was when I learned my lesson. Like it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you live. That was my dream house. It had been my dream house for as long as I'd lived in New York. Yeah. And I, I, I can literally say I was never more miserable anywhere. But interesting that you should bring up that I lived in a haunted house because I've been thinking a little bit about ghosts. Oh, go. (laughs) Like sometimes I, sometimes the dog will be barking at the air. You know, he'll just be barking at something and we won't have any idea what it is. Or the other night I like hung my hoodie on my door Mm -hmm. in my bedroom Mm -hmm. just because I didn't feel like hanging it up. And when I woke up in the morning, the hoodie was zipped up. Now I would never have hung the hoodie zipped up. No, no. But a ghost didn't zip up. I don't feel like that's a ghost thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fuck with Kim by zipping up her hoodie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I had a hairdryer once that would just turn on. And it made no sense. It was like the button was actually really hard to like push. And it would just like, I would come home and the hairdryer would just be on. And I would be like, okay, this is, this is fucking weird. Um, wait, do you believe in ghosts? I don't, I don't know that I really believe in ghosts, but I've had a couple times. I lived in an apartment. Um, mm-hmm. I inherited from a cousin of mine, a rent stabilized apartment on Perry street. The year mm-hmm. was probably 1989 and I paid $450 or so for maybe 350 square feet. Okay. Maybe maybe 400, very small apartment, a one bedroom, had a fireplace though. And it was in the West village and looked out over beautiful backyards. And this is a dream apartment. (laughs) This is a dream apartment. And so I'm talking to my cousin who I inherited the apartment from long after I moved out. And his sister was saying to him, I can't believe you never told Kim the truth about that apartment. And I was like, what is the truth about that apartment? And he said, the reason I was able to get a rent stabilized apartment so cheap was because the previous tenant had been murdered in it. Oh, 
Oh God. I mean, look, I feel like that, I feel like New York houses are all like, there's always some fucked up energy in every apartment in New York because just too many people have lived in them. It's too many people have lived there and somebody's died there at some point. Somebody's died there. Somebody's somebody's witnessed something there. Somebody's lived through some bad shit there. Um, I don't necessarily believe in a haunting, although I had a very weird situation over the summer. Um, my grandmother died over the summer. My dad's mom, and she was she was a single mom to my dad. My dad's like a very tough ninth grade education Italian American man, like does not believe in like frou-frou shit, right? Mm -hmm. And he was pretty tight with his mom. And when she died, the day she died, he was with her in the moment that she died, holding her hand. And when he walked out of the hospital, there was a butterfly following him. And butterflies followed him for like the next three weeks. That's crazy. It's crazy to me because this is not a man who would be like, I have fucking butterflies following me. Like, (laughs) this is not, you know, he would just be like, yo, man, I got another butterfly. And I was like, so crazy. I was like, dad, that's probably your mom. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think about that. Like, you know, I was just reading an article about some woman who had a near death experience and was like, I saw the whole thing and it was so beautiful. And I just wanted to go, but they pulled me back. It's like Bob Odenkirk, who died on the set of Better Call Saul. He had a heart attack and died on the set of Better Call Saul. And the only reason he made it out alive is because somebody had a defibrillator in the back of their car that they were about to return. They didn't even have one on set and they revived him, but he died. And He said that he didn't see a a white light or anything, but that he knew that he had died and that when he came to, he felt different about living. He was able to, now I don't know if he's going to be able to maintain this, but I heard him on Fresh Air talking about the experience and he was like, I saw life as joyful in a way I hadn't seen it before. I saw every single thing I was doing as a gift. I saw wow. walking as a gift, the, the sky as a gift, the people's faces as a gift. Everything became what it always should have been, but that, you know, had life had sort of ground him down too much to see. And yeah. he brought, you know, and then he had to go back. So he died like mid scene of this fucking show. And mm. he had to go back in and like film like the rest of that episode and the rest of the season as this different man. And with wow. this different energy. And he was like, you know, people were like, wow, you're really fucking happy. <laughs> like, it's just- wow. It's amazing. I think it's hard to sustain that mindset. I felt that way when my, when my father was dying. I felt a very clear sense of like, I know what's important and what's not important. And I felt like I did. And it, it was a, in some ways a kind of interestingly rich time of life. But I still... Yeah, I don't know. No, I can't sustain it. Well, it's almost too much. It's almost too, it's it's too much vulnerable feeling. It's like too much of like having your, like walking around like a skinless chicken. It's just like, it's just, you feel too No, raw. you can't do it forever. You know, I knew this woman named Kathy Rich who has since died. Um, she had breast cancer as a very young woman mm-hmm. and wrote a book called The Red Devil about it. Mm-hmm. Um, she had breast cancer in the eighties and her twenties. And so it was pretty, you know, there was, she had, she had bone marrow transplants. It just, the whole thing sounded like hell, several rounds of chemo. And, 
um, she was an editor at Allure and I wrote for Allure a little and we'd get together for drinks every once in a while. And one day I was just in a crap mood the day I was going to see her. Mm -hmm. And I said, Kathy, you know, I was thinking about you today because I was in such a crap mood for no reason. And I thought Kathy Rich, you know, she had cancer. Like she understands what's important. I can't be this way when I see Kathy Rich. And she was like, Kim, don't you know I wanted to get better again so that I could be pissed off about stupid shit? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, I mean, this kind of goes back to the villain of your story, you know, and, and thinking about, I've been thinking a lot about the shadow self and embracing the shadow self and being like, okay, like ha learning to have compassion for those parts of myself that are cranky, that are complainy when I shouldn't be complainy, that are all of those things and just kind of accepting them that are like ornery or bratty and just kind of accepting them as, as part of the whole thing, like, and not having judgment against it. You know, I don't, I'm not as weaknesses or not as like, I'm doing life wrong because I'm feeling like a bitch or I am yeah. a bitch, you know, like, like yeah. not to hurt other people for sure. But like the way that I have judged myself, I think is has first off been much worse than the way I've, I've hurt other people for the most part, you know? And it's, it's like, that's, I think that's, that's the embracing all of it and not trying to do away with those parts. Like the part of yeah. you that went to her and was like, I'm a bitch. I just feel like complaining about shit. Like that's just part of who we are and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it is. It's very hard to embrace that. It is, but it's not impossible. And I would say as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. Yes, I think so. I think so. I think so. But like, I think that, you know, what is it? It's like, it's like a, um, like a, a, a weak man shows his strengths and hides his weaknesses. And a, 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 a <laughs> I don't know what this is. And as a, a strong man shows his weaknesses and hides his strengths. I don't know. It's something like that, but like mm -hmm. actually like revealing your weaknesses is like a, is the way that we get to be in the world the best. I don't know. I don't know. I'm forgetting well, do, the, no, a Buddhist is in it or whatever it is. <laughs> no, I think that is true. I mean, I do think it's true. It's back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Like owning your, like you were saying, like owning yourself as the villain, knowing what you need to make amends for, knowing what you need to apologize about. Um, and making the apologies is very, you know, apologizing would be very disarming. Yes. Yes. Or, or not even apologizing, but saying, you know, I had a recent assignment where, um, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I knew that I had like the foundational skill to get, to get the thing done, but I didn't know it was a different kind of writing for me and I didn't know technically how to do it. And I, I was really upfront about it. And I said, you know, Hey, I need a little more help. I need more examples. I know I could pull this off, but I don't know how to do this thing yet. Mm -hmm. And I just had to own it because if I was just like sort of struggling on my own and pretending having all this bravado about my, you know, about my strength and whatever, I was going to fail. So I had to like say I was weak, you know? And this is, and this is why I don't, I don't always understand or like the notion of faking it till you make it. Oh, my fucking worst, most bullshit thing in the world, faking it till right? you make it. Yes. Let's take a quick break from some ads. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Now this brings up a question that um, friend of the podcast, Lauren, Lauren Meckling, who I was texting with earlier today. Okay. And I asked her if she had any questions and she said she wanted to know our pet peeves. Oh man. Just one. Just one. Or, <laughs> or two. I know. I believe the look of overwhelm on your face. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. You want me to start? Yeah, you start. When people say thing, everything happens for a reason. 
Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's just like the, that's the worst. I cannot, I cannot abide or tolerate niceties masking disdain. Give me an example. Like just sort of this sort of phony social lubricant when you know somebody doesn't like you or doesn't like, I can't handle phoniness. I can't, I'm not, a, I'm not good at small talk. I'm barely good at medium talk. Like <laughs> I can't handle. Okay. Okay. Here's a great example. This isn't niceties massing disdain, but it is a kind of like social interplay in which that I am, I find intolerable. One time, a long time ago, we had these friends and I'm not going to identify them, but they were not my friends. They were um, a partner. I was with friends and the man, and we were at this party and the man in the couple explained this story about how they had had a night out with celebrities and it had been horrible. Like they had, it had been such a, a nightmare. They had been at this secret bar and he was kind of famous and they were invited over to this table with these celebrities and the night was so awkward and a fucking social hell. And it was just the worst. And he told the story in like the funniest way. And it was so awkward. And then later on in that party that I was at, I heard the wife tell the same story to like a rapt audience of other women, mostly wives. And she was talking about the party that they had been at with these celebrities and how it was so wonderful and they had hmm. the best time. Oh my God. I think we're now friends with Celebrity X. And I was just like, I felt like my brain was going to explode. I was like, you are not telling the truth. I know it. I know it. I know it. Why are you lying? Why are you lying? <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I know who you're talking about, too. I just figured it out. I felt like I was going to die. And I often feel in these moments when I see someone, that's not niceties disguising disdain, which is another thing when someone's like, Oh, Jen, how are you? Or it's like when when um, somebody I used to have to work with on the business side of Lucky who didn't have a lot of respect for me, it became clear, said, you know, you're really very nice. <sighs> you're such a nice person. That's exactly niceties masking disdain. I can't, I, I can't. I, I would like, I can't, I, I really can't at all. I can't function in it. I like, that's like my God, my, you would have had a hard time growing up in the South. My God. No, I would. I can't. Well, because I'm so firmly what I grew up around, which is like in your face, never hold back. Like just it's a constant confrontation. And I don't think that's the right way to be, but this other way, which is also just like, I just want people to tell me what they really think. Mm -hmm. or not saying anything. I can't, I can't tolerate this middle ground, but then also the sort of like self-flattering, like just stories that don't add up. I'm like, why are we talking? I know. You know what I mean? And I know that's just the way people operate in the world. I don't think I'm right. I don't think it's fun to always be having intense conversation, but I don't know how else to do it. So I don't know if that's a pet peeve. I think I just took us in a tangent and now I'm like self-conscious. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you brought up a very good point point. and it's so prevalent. I remember a woman who grew up, who I didn't know from growing up in Texas, but who also grew up in Texas in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, said that when she, she went away to Harvard, I think, mm -hmm. and her, one of the other mothers, you know, one of her mother's friends said to her, well, I just love my daughter too much to send her out of state. <laughs> You're right. I don't love my child. That's right. You got it. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, at least that's so like, look, if there's some real craftsmanship in it, I can, I can respect it because that's, that's, <laughs> that's like barely masking disdain. It's like when people are pretending they're like, people actually, I think, think they're nice who maybe think they're nice, but they're not kind. We've had this conversation about Philly before. Yeah, we have. Like, which is like- About the difference between somebody with a good heart who's maybe not the nicest person. Exactly. Like there's people who are kind, but not nice. And then there's people who are nice, but not kind. And I am much better with kind people. I don't, I fuck, fuck nice. I don't give a shit about nice. Yeah. Um, but okay. So other pet peeves. I hate when people use the likes of which. The likes of which. The likes of That's which. That's fair. That's what is that? What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have some good, I have some, I have to remember some of my phrases I never liked. Oh my God. I have a list of them. You had banned words. Every editor in chief did. I know. It was their prerogative. Have you, have you seen that list in a while? You posted it on Twitter at some point and I looked at it then. I'm going to pull it up right now. <laughs> pull it up. Keep talking. What else is going on? Um, what else is going on? Well, it's Christmas music season. It is. It is. That's happening. Like when you go into stores and I have to say, like, I, I would be much happier not having to hear all the different Christmas songs, which I don't like. If every store and restaurant I went into was playing on loop, all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey, then I'd be happy. That's the only one you want. That's it. That's the only one I want to hear. And I want to hear it over and over and over again. Are there any holiday? I mean, look, this is not your Christmas music, obviously not your thing. Are there any holiday albums? that you're like, yes, I can get down with that. Well, the Peanuts Christmas album. Okay. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. That would be it. It's a list of one. <laughs> Christmas music makes me incredibly melancholy. Yes. Well, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. Okay. Stevie Wonder has a very good Christmas album. Okay, that's worth knowing. Stevie Wonder. Um, there's the Phil Spector Christmas, which I know he's a monster, but it's actually a pretty good, it's a pretty good album. And then um She and Him, the Zoe De Chanel band, um, has their first Christmas holiday album is is actually pretty good too. Those are my, really? those are my three. Those are my three good ones. I mean, like, like I said, I'm like a little fucking elf. I'm like, yay, Christmas, <laughs> who gives a shit? Let's light it up. I told you I'm about to put the antlers on my car again. I don't care. <laughs> you put antlers on your car? Really? Well, the thing is I do. And I don't understand how I, I do. I've done it for my kid because they get a kick out of it. I don't understand though how the antlers stay on. So usually I put them on and then by week two, I have one antler. So <laughs> And then by like week three, I just have the red nose on the front of my car, which is, which is all fine. Um, okay. What have you been watching? Um, I started watching Fleischman is in trouble. Oh, I was hoping we could talk about this. <laughs> yes. I'm very irritated that it's not streaming. I'm very irritated that I have to wait a week between each episode. Okay. Wait. So you like it? I like it. All right. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know, one with a bullet, but I do like, I think some moments are very, very funny. Yes. It doesn't, yes. you know, I've had an interesting thing. This is going to put us on a little bit of a tangent. Please do. I've had an interesting thing happen recently, which is like, I can watch movies with New York in them or TV shows with New York in them. 
And it'll make me feel very sentimental about New York. Like, oh, that's where I live. I live in yes. this great city. Yes. The New York that's portrayed in Fleshman is in trouble. Like, isn't my New York right. at all? Right. It's like the Upper East Side and the 92nd yes. Street Y and yes. every, all stuff that couldn't be less what my life is. And I find that in general, even, even ones things that do more, what am I trying to say? I don't get sentimental about New York anymore. And I wonder if that means it's time to leave. Like if you if you don't feel that romance about living in a city as, as hard as New York, then what keeps you there? If you don't feel the romance about the current modern day iteration and you only feel the romance about a time in a place that no longer exists, yeah. then, may, then maybe that is leading you somewhere. Um, I think that's really interesting. And I, I think it's it's hard to know when to leave anything, right? It's hard to oh, know. God. It's hard to know when to leave. Like when these choices are up up to us and not made for us, you know, when like, you know, when it's a job or a marriage or a place, it's hard to like it's fucking I don't know how anybody makes those choices. I it's impossible. But you've made them. You left your marriage. Your first I did. marriage. I, I left my first marriage. I've I've moved cities, but it's usually like it has to get so bad. Like I'm I'm not great at just sort of like advocating for myself for change. Like it kind of I always am like, well, I want to exhaust every possibility here before I make this decision because I'm afraid of making the wrong one, which I think is what happens yeah. to a lot of us. So we stay in cities or marriages or jobs or friendships a lot longer than we should, right? Yeah. You yeah, know, I think all of true. us do it. I think all of us do because it's a, it's a fear of the other side. I mean, I don't know what you're feeling about New York, but it hasn't felt like you feel like you belong to that city in a way that, you know, you really need to, to be a New Yorker in a way. Like you have to be exactly. like- Exactly. That's my- Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I just feel like all of a sudden I've lived here my entire adult life. Yeah. You know, that's a long, that's a long time. I've lived here, I've lived here since 1988. That's a long time. It's a very long long time. time. And so I, you know, it's a long time to, you know, have that kind of romantic relationship with the city like this. Yes. And I think I definitely did. And I think also a pride because I came like so many New Yorkers from somewhere else. And I was so much happier with the place I found myself. Well, plus your life doesn't have to be in New York. I think if you were more rooted, like, you know, if you were going into a job every day or you were, whatever it was, if like you were even using the city more, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I think, and that, I think that happens to a lot of people at a certain point. It's like, we're not going to the Met. We're not going to the opera. We're like, we're not going to the ballet and we're not going gallery crawling on Saturdays. So what's the point of this? Like often very difficult city. And I know what, I know what some of the points are. I mean, I'm very, I I have people I love here. You know, I will not move far from here for as long as my mother is alive, things like that. But it does feel like a little bit of the romance is gone, but I want to hear what you think of Fleischman is in trouble. So, I mean, I think this is an unpopular opinion, but, um, what I think about it is, um, I, uh, what I've heard is, is that the author, the author wrote it, wrote the show. Mm-hmm. And didn't like refuse to have a writing a writer's room. So wow. I think she wrote it. I think she wrote it herself. This is what I heard, and I don't. This could I could totally be wrong about this. So I'm not fact checking in this moment. But how it feels to me is it feels like writing for the page mm-hmm. brought to life. You're absolutely right there. And because often when movies are based on books or TV shows, they'll have like the narration. 
Yes, yes. And there's so, a lot of it in it. You're right. And there's so much of it. And it's the, to the point that it feels to me very stiff. And this is something that's so interesting to me because, so I, I think I've talked to you about this before. It's the time arts. Have we talked about this before? I don't know. Keep going. Okay. So this is something I just, I just came up upon in my own writing because I just wrote, and I'm not allowed to talk about what it is yet, but it'll come out next year. I just wrote an eight episode um, narrative podcast, right? And so I had to write like a, basically a documentary podcast, real time with, with, you know, t- voice tape interviews with other people, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it fucking almost broke my brain because time arts are different than writing for the page. So my understanding of time arts, which I'm not even sure I'm getting what that is right, but it's when, if you are a writer and you're writing on the page, the reader gets to decide what kind of time they spend with that that article, that essay, that book. They can pick it up, they can put it down. You're writing rhythmically to kind of keep their attention and to keep them in the flow of things. But a time art, which is actually you know, a podcast or a movie or a play, you as the creator are dictating the time someone is going to spend with something. And I think that that's a very different kind of writing than writing for the page. I don't know if I'm articulating this well, but I think that what is going on with Fleischman is in trouble is this is a writer who knows how to write for the page, but doesn't know how to actually time things out. Mm -hmm. It feels stiff and, and paced really weird, I think because of it. Yeah, a friend of mine and I were talking about it, and she said she thought it felt like a Neil Simon play, sort of. Oh, interesting, interesting. And it does, it doesn't feel it 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 doesn't feel authentically of its form. That's true. No, it doesn't feel authentically of its form. And like even like, but also I am feeling like the characters, particularly his wife, is a little bit of like a caricature. Like mm-hmm. I feel like um, the Claire Danes character, I'm forgetting her name, is just like, I, like it's just too easy, you know, in some ways. Yeah. And like, but also like what's going on. It's just, it's, it's, I want it to be working for me better than it is because I actually like J- Jesse Eisenberg quite a bit. Um, but I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like it. Yeah. I watched a, a bit of the next step. I guess I watched all the, of the, ne- the last episode last night. Yeah, it's not um it's not slaying me. I mean, there have been so many good shows this year and yeah. it doesn't feel like it's there with the best of them. Okay, so we so just so everybody knows, my power just went out again because of um because it, things are weird in Los Angeles and my house is like from the 20s and should not mm-hmm. be standing anymore. Um so I think we're going to wrap this up because we're having so many technical difficulties, but sorry. Um <laughs> so But thanks for listening. Is that all right with you, Kim? It's fine with me. Thank you for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. It really makes a difference. If you want to support the show, we have a couple of ways you can do that. We have merch on TeePublic, which we have in the show notes. You can get hoodies and you could get a t-shirt or a tote bag or a phone case. Or or a magnet or a sticker. Or a sticker. All these things that I forgot that I signed. (laughs) Uh before um 
You can also support us on Patreon. We are at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We do private events there. We will have a holiday party there this month. We also um, sometimes blog there. Sometimes we put playlists up there. We're not as consistent as we should be, but we do try. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at EIF podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash everything. No, backslash Jennifer Romolini. This show is mixed and edited by Natalie Rivera. Natalie, we love you. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.